G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz. This is episode number 38 of the Outback Mine podcast. Thanks very much for joining me again, guys. Uh, look, got a really tremendous guest with us today, a young man by the name of Jake O'Brien. Jake O'Brien has got an amazing story uh, that I think all of us will be able to take something from. Jake's a young man, uh, 28 or 29, I believe he is at the moment. Um, just had a, a really rough upbringing, um, sort of a lot of trauma that sort of came from uh, from his youth, uh, took that into high school, into drugs, all that type of thing. Uh, like a lot of us do, uh, sort of masking uh, what's going on underneath uh, all our stuff. And um, yeah, Jake's uh, come through lots, uh, sort of, uh, just to, to fast track a bit now, he's, he's a bodybuilder and a, and a model, but um, before that he um, he experienced throat cancer. Now you'll be able to sort of pick in Jake's voice uh, a lot of huskiness there. Um, it was um, uh, so it's basically consequence of the treatment that he had. Um, you know, before that uh, diagnosis, he had a motorbike accident, which was pretty uh, pretty horrific and traumatic. Uh, caused a lot of um, uh, stress on his body, which he's he's basically been able to heal from self heal. Uh, he's going to talk a lot about that. Um, you know, what his upbringing actually did for him as far as his. Uh, anxiety was concerned um, and what that actually did um, to his mental health and how he sort of managed his way out of that. He's had lots of body limitations. He's had his neck infused uh, from the accident um, and basically had um, you know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of body issues to be able to overcome. So to be able to get to the stage where he is now, um, you know, he used drugs to numb out for, for quite a few years um, and uh, basically he was diagnosed with uh, which what's called dis- disassociative disorder, which is like a, a coping uh, type of disorder, which, um, you know, leads us to, to numb out and uh, a lot of us probably have got that <laughs> undiagnosed. Um, you know, Jake sort of uh, um, felt a lot of this, um, you know, uh, inemasculating feelings um, through that um, from the come from the accident. So basically, that sort of got him to feel, you know, away from his uh, his masculine energy and sort of gave him that um, sense of insecurity that comes from the the masculine male and um, not being able to sort of express himself uh, as uh, as a lot of uh, guys you know, like to do. Um, so that's sort of been able to be uh, overcome uh, now with his bodybuilding and it was what he's actually been able to achieve to sort of show guys that uh, they can change their lives uh, by having a, a sense of self-discipline and being able to use the body um, as a functional tool to be able to manage our physical and mental uh, well-being better. And Jake's doing a great job of that at the moment. So Hope you enjoy our, uh, our conversation. It's going to get pretty deep uh, and um, lots of uh, good learning to come from all of us from this one. So hope you enjoy it. Just want to really make special mention uh, about Green Nutritionals that uh, support the, co- uh, the podcast. Uh, really encourage you to check out their offering and their site. They make such profound um, healing superfoods, uh, which are so good for our physical and mental well-being. So I'd really like you to... To support them, um, if you need to bring some things into your life to be able to help 
your physical and mental health, uh, you know, check them out because they make, um, I believe, the best uh, anywhere uh, in Australia or in the, anywhere in the world. Their, their products are really profound. So it's just greennutritionals.com.au. Also, we get a bit of help from B Primal that pro- uh, provide min- minimalist footwear. If you want to check their site out, it's just the letter B Primal.com.au. Okay, guys, get ready. Uh, sit back and enjoy our conversation. I think you're, you're going to find you're going to get lots from this one. So appreciate uh, you joining in. J.K. O'Brien, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Mate, thanks for having me. Appreciate your time, Joe Aaron. Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, you're sitting down in Sydney at the moment, and I'm sitting here in central Queensland with a pair of shorts and a T-shirt on. So I don't know what the weather's like down there, mate, but it's not too bad here, I guess. So all good. Uh, good stuff. No, I'm, I'm in a couple of layers, to be honest. It's a bit chilly. Yeah, yeah. I sort of, I'm grateful to be up here at the moment because uh, I've experienced a lot of... Uh, cold weather in my life uh down in tassie and uh and victoria so uh it's good to have some warmth um and be able to sort of put a doona on at night if you need to so uh happy with that one at the moment so very grateful for for life and actually being here to have this conversation with you brother so thanks for joining me now i gave the listeners a bit of an insight into your your journey uh in the introduction um mate you know you've got a pretty uh fascinating and inspirational um, you know, life, life experience, life story up until now. What I want you to do, Jake, is tell us a bit about, you know, your upbringing. I know I've sort of heard a bit about what happened to you in your formative years and sort of your mum sort of looking after you and all that type of stuff. But do you want to lead us into that, mate, wherever you're most comfortable? Oh, yeah, sure, mate. So, um, <clears throat> fuck, my upbringing was spicy. <laughs> it yeah. was, um, <clears throat> yeah, mate, I, um, Born in Sydney, had a uh, had a mum and dad who loved me very much, but not a mum and dad who loved each other very much. Mm. And uh, I think they split when I was maybe two or three. And um, yeah, I didn't didn't really see the old man until I was much much older in my kind of teens and that. But um, yeah, mum mum took care of me, mate, up until um, up until I was about eight or ten. And um, and at that stage of my life, I had a uh, stepdad come into the scene and um yeah kind of just developed a relationship with him over the course of eight years or so and it was pretty good he kind of became my father figure in this world and kind of helped me become a man and whatnot and um yeah there was a bit of an unfortunate turn of events where the um bloody got into got into ice and um yeah kind of just ruined everything you know what i mean he um we were good. They were engaged. They were planning on having a baby and buying a house together and um, all the things you want your parents doing when you're 14 years old or whatever. And um, yeah, it just didn't fucking work out. He, um, he just went off the rails, mate. So yeah, that happened. Uh, I was about 14, I think, 14, 15. And uh, just as I was kind of going to in high school. And um, yeah, that fucked me pretty good, to be honest, from the get go. I, um, yeah, I had a bit of a – I didn't realise it at the time, but, yeah, it really affected me. And if I look back at kind of how I treated school and um, just me acting out and just being a bit of an idiot, I could probably trace it. You know, it's, you've got to own responsibility for your life, but when you're, when you're that age, it's pretty pretty hard to do so. So, um, Jake, yeah, I just went can, can I interrupt, mate, for a tick? Yeah, mate, go on. Uh, a couple of questions for you. 
Did anyone ask you why you're behaving that way? Anyone ask why I was behaving that way? Yeah, while you're going through that sort of problematic um, stage of your yeah. life when you're mucking around. Look, not really. I think, I think it was. Um, yeah, I had a couple of teachers. Uh, for instance, my hospitality teacher. She kind of knew a bit of what was going on, and always didn't. I don't know if she, I don't know if she knew what was going on, but she could tell that I was a good kid, but just was being a bit of a delinquent for whatever reason. And she um, kind of had my back anyway, and yeah. didn't really treat me like shit, like a lot of the other teachers kind of did. And um, yeah, and I excelled really well in that subject. I went on to become a chef and did that for a number of years. But yeah, mm-hmm. I found. Most of the adults around me at the time didn't really stop to ask what was really going on. I never yeah. got, I never got any therapy or anything like that as a kid, and yeah. just went went through the motions, mate. Yeah. Very common. And the other question was, with your stepdad, do you know why he was behaving and why he went to went to drugs? Why why he was behaving that way? Uh, mate, I think from what I know of the story, it was just he ran into some money from his parents who sold a property and they um, they gave him a bit of money to help him get his own property. And um, I think the the boys that he was working with were just a bit tied up in it and he kind of, you know, ran into a bit of money at the same time as some of these other idiots were. Mm. And I think it just was a slippery slope, you know. I think he tried it once and then all of a sudden it was like fucking two or three hundred grand, mate, just disappeared over the course of a couple of years. Yeah, and... Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a fucking, it sucked, mate. Because, mm, you know, like, my mum was so happy. It was, um, and then as it was all happening, it took, like, a good year and a half of just lying to her and disappearing for a few days and coming back and then being in physical fights with me and her. And, yeah, it was, um, it was shit. It yeah, was shit. absolutely, mate. Well, you've got to be congratulated for getting through that. Now, what I want to yeah. know, Jake, like you were, you were probably sort of 17, 18 coming through this now. What, how did life eventuate for you? You went into a, an apprenticeship or something, is that right, as a chef? Yeah, more or less, mate. I, um, I never did an apprenticeship because as an apprentice, you were on a pretty dodgy wage. It was always like, back when I was 17, it was, you know, like $9 an hour. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was something dumb. So yeah. I could work casually as a cook and make about 17 bucks an hour and then just studied full-time um, at TAFE uh, a few years later and um, and all of the time that I'd been in a kitchen was kind of uh, put towards an apprenticeship, if you will. So I more or less, yeah, did an apprenticeship, <laughs> did it on a slightly better wage, which was a um, much better way to do it. Doing that. I, um, yeah, travelled around a bit, did a season down the snow and then made it ended up buying a van and just fucking off and living in a van for a couple of years up the, up the coast in Byron and yeah just fucking had a pretty good time in my early 20s just right racing around and trying to work out who I was in the world and yes. yeah that's kind of what I did with the start of my life just bought a van and fucking ran away yeah, <laughs> yeah it was good for a while mate but um you did it, it you did okay with the girls oh, I did pretty well with the girls good, good. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah yeah I think actually um yeah, I had a really nasty relationship when I was about 18. This chick fucking, mate, it was awful. She, we dated for about a year and it was all topsy-turvy and she ended up, I, I found out later that she'd, um, she'd been cheating on, on me mm. 
and the bloke who she'd been cheating on me, I kind of questioned it um, when we were in the car driving back and visiting her family friend down at her her family down in Melbourne, I'm driving back to Sydney, and I started questioning her. This is after I was driving for about ten hours. She she took over, started driving herself, and um, I started asking her. She just fucking lost the plot. Now I'm in the passenger seat. She um. She just starts going like, don't you trust me? Fuck, like, rah, rah, like looking at me, yelling at me, going crazy, accelerating. It's like mm. one o'clock in the morning. It's raining a little bit. We're on the Hume Highway. And, mate, she just stacked into a fucking double semi-trailer. Like, I think last time I looked at the speed, I was like 150. Oh, jeez. And we just spun out of control on the Hume Highway at one o'clock in the morning. It's like fucking did, did a 360 arc because the roads were wet. We didn't flip and we just landed in the um, – Landed in the kind of embankment bush in the middle, uh, like fucking 30 seconds later of just sliding. Thought I was going to die then, but um, didn't die. Thank God we stopped just before the other side of the fucking highway coming the other way. And then we see these big truck lights like beaming at us like, fuck, it's going to hit us. And then it just missed us and like fucking got out of the car and ran off. It was, ah, that was a mess. Anyway, so. How old were you? Yeah, that, that happened, mate, when I was about 18 and ever since... Ever since that, and yeah, a week later she tried to fucking kick me in the fucking head. Right, <laughs> so, okay. interesting. So I just got got rid of her, mate, and then um, yeah, mate, I was a bit of a bit of a tyrant with the ladies for a few years. I think I just that just broke me a bit too much, and I just kind of treated women like shit for a while, to be honest, mm. which wasn't nice, but mm. I don't know it's part of growing up, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess with your upbringing, mate. Um you probably had a fair bit of resentment there too, I would have thought, and uh, you had a lot of uh, instability in your, in your childhood. So you you had to um, protect yourself, and really uh, uh, that that sort of uh, that becomes a bit of a default setting with a lot of guys when we go into relationships. You know, we we sort of yeah. you know we hold our own um, self uh, in a, in high regard, and that can lead into domestic violence and and all sorts of things, and. Um, the little boy underneath has not been healed. Primarily, that's what I see when uh, when I see you know those sorts of behaviours and stuff going on. And um, mate, you know, fast track ten years to where you are now. I think you're probably much uh, a much more advanced human being than what you were then. Oh, mate, tenfold. I was a I was a little shit through my twenties, and it took a long time to kind of grow out of it. But um, mm. yeah, it's it's out of my system now. And, yeah, I'm good. Mate, now you've had a couple of big wake-up calls. I think you had a motorbike accident, which, uh, you know, was pretty traumatic for you, but then obviously leading into cancer. So can you talk us through that? Yeah, yeah. So um, so at this stage, I've gone from <clears throat> chefing to an office job back to um, – and it, sorry, and then into the fitness industry. So I've been a personal trainer for a number of years and um, – yeah, got pretty fit and stuff, and I was on my way home from work this day, and it was about 2019, March, the, um, the way home from work, I just got body cut off by this car, and um, I was going about 60Ks an hour, and I just went straight into the side of a passenger door and just got fucking crushed, mate, through salute the air, knocked unconscious, woke up 10 minutes later, with a huge crowd of people around me going, fucking don't move, kid, like you've just had an accident. And yeah, long story short, mate, I, um, I was really lucky to survive that that accident. I had um, I had a number of <clears throat> breaks in my spine and my foot and all that, but uh, the worst thing is I had a, a hangman fracture, which is your C2, yep. and I'd cracked my odontoid peg the whole way across and and um, 
yeah, I was really unstable. So yeah, if you, it's called a hangman fracture. Essentially, when people are hung, the adrenaline peg will snap and push into the brainstem, and you paralyze for a moment, and then you die. And um, I snapped mine, and and it didn't shift into my brainstem, so. I lived and uh, wasn't a quadriplegic or anything like that. So um, I ended up needing a spinal fusion on that, which involved five tons of x-rays, all this crazy stuff. It was um, it was pretty intense, mate. It was about a year year journey to get back on my feet from that. And, um, and then, yeah, it led into the next issue was finally got back to work, finally got to take this bloody neck brace off that I'd been wearing for a year. So emasculating, mate. We're in neck brace twenty four seven for twelve months. It was mm. fucked. Mm. And um, anyway, so after a while, the um, as time went by, I went back to went back to work. It was all all good. And um, I was there for about three months or so. And um, my voice started going raspy. Listeners could probably all hear that I'm a little bit raspy on the phone. That's because it is raspy. It's because um, yeah, it's been the last. Been the last year battling throat cancer. I got diagnosed in January 2020, mm. and um, yeah, that's kind of how my 2020 started, mate. I got um, that diagnosis, and I had to work out what to do and how to beat it. And here we are today, a year later. <clears throat> can happily say, at this stage, I'm in remission, and um, it's all looking like it's healed pretty well. It's had a couple of surgeries and some radiation, and I did turn to like a um, pretty extreme diet for a while i was doing some juice fasting and water fasting for quite extended periods of time and mm. i think just a combination of everything together is what ultimately has led me to beat it and um yeah so i'm finally in a better place with it all but um yeah that's been the last couple of years mate just fucking bike accident to cancer warrior to where i stand now so um, into like some serious life-changing things mate you've uh, you've 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 be able to been able to sort of overcome some pretty challenging adversities, which could have taken you into negative mindset really easily. Um, you know, from the bike accident, you could have got depressed. From the cancer, you could have got depressed. But you've actually said, no, I'm not going to sit into this uh, too much. You want, to, you want to try and propel yourself to be able to become the best version of yourself. And I believe that's taken you into... Uh, into, into bodybuilding, uh, you know, at a, at a pretty extreme level. Yeah, mate, the, um, yeah, the, where do I fucking start? The, <laughs> the whole process really changed my life, mate. Like, I definitely have a, a whole new outlook on kind of what I want to be doing and what I actually can be bothered taking from other people and what I want to give back to the world and just simplifies everything a lot, you know, which has been really mm. kind of good in a way. But, um, mm. yeah, mate, I've tried to stay positive the whole way through, but, it was definitely, definitely a lot of bits where I'm not ashamed to say that I wasn't all good and I wasn't fucking okay and I was kind of documenting a lot of what I was going through with my with my social media on my Instagram and mm. I was just putting on a bit of a front of being proactive and doing this and doing that and I'm all good and I'm a warrior and, mm. you know, deep down I was fucking hurting, mate. I ended up seeing a therapist and getting diagnosed with depression and... Mm. Yeah, put on some medication and yeah, it was it was rough, mate. I had I had a good maybe four months or so in the whole couple of years that I was just really down and out, and I was yeah. I was thinking about suicide quite frequently and shit like that, mate. And um, mm. 
yeah, it took a lot to go and buy the bullet and go seek professional help, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, it's probably given you the yeah. ability to be able to gain some self-awareness, um, you know, to be able to sort of see where your emotions are at because when you're feeling fragile, you'll go back to that old thinking, that little boy type stage, that protective mode quite consistently, I, I would have thought. And, you know, a lot of that yeah. trauma that you went through as a young bloke, you'd be sort of become the victim and you sort of start blaming and judging and all that type of stuff again, you know, and that's... That's what happens with us blokes. We sort of go back to that default setting, and um, uh, you've you've done really well because you've actually been able to get the professional guidance, which has helped you to be able to become a little bit more resilient, but actually be able to become more self aware, so you can manage your emotional health a bit better. Is that right? Yeah, self awareness is fucking paramount, mate. To know to to know that your emotion is, you know, there for a reason and it's relevant and it's it's actually quite helpful if you stop and evaluate it and um yeah just kind of question why you might be feeling a certain way and then making a little bit more logical sense of things i I think for us blokes especially it's um we've got quite it's either this way or it's that way and it's called this or it's called that and it's Mm. it's really helpful when you can kind of put things out on the table and then organize it and put it in the appropriate box of where it belongs and instead of it just being a kerfuffle of fucking negative talk in your head like getting it all organised, writing shit down and, yeah, it's kind of understanding shit a little bit better it was really helpful for me personally. So, yeah, yeah therapy was has been fucking great. I um, I continue to see it, not as frequently at the moment, but, mm. yeah, really powerful tool that made all us Aussies have access to. We all, we all have um, 10 free sessions a year, I think, under the Medicare. Right. Um, okay. to, to see a therapist if we need to. So anyone, fucking strugg- anyone struggling with... Getting their thoughts in order, I, I highly recommend it, Dave. Definitely, that, that's uh, that's the first step. And to be able to go and see a GP, they can refer you on, which is which is the pathway to that help. Once that help's sort of you know, come and gone, it's always you know, great to be able to connect to people like you so you can have a guide to um, manage your self-care. I think it's really important to, to sort of seek mentors and people in your life that you can actually... Yeah. Um, have you know uh, that have had the lived experience uh, to be able to sort of keep yeah. you on a on a trajectory a tra- tra- trajectory upwards so you can actually keep moving ahead and climbing the stairs rather than yeah. going down them. Um, yeah, Jake, I think it's important to, to, to note as well. Sorry, I just kick in there. Something yeah. that comes to mind is that um, sometimes we think that you know we've got people to talk to about these things, and you know our partner or our friends, or but sometimes it's just so much better to get someone that's you know, doesn't have any involvement in your life or doesn't know you, you know, like a friend does. I think those type of people can be better to talk to sometimes than some of them that you've known your whole life, if that makes sense. Or Absolutely. Someone you've got so, yeah. no, no attachment to and, um, you know, you, yeah. you can sort of confide in without uh, any fear of judgment or comparison or criticism yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, that's it. One yeah. thing, Jake, you know, that I've been able to be able to observe within myself um, over the journey uh, has been when that protective self comes in and when the critical self comes in, how much your uh, your right brain is active and how you can actually balance your right brain, brain out so you can actually come back to feeling okay within yourself again. So um, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a bit of an art uh, to, to be able to do that, but it sort of comes through... And awareness practice through meditation and those sorts of things, which actually gives your brain the ability to be able to balance out. So you're balancing both hemispheres. And when you're in that 
protective mode, um, which a lot of us guys go into, uh, you know, which takes us back to that sort of feeling threatened as we did when we were a little kid, which wasn't, uh, which isn't relevant anymore. That's sort of the default, just to be able to sort of balance that out. And and these are some of the skills that we can actually bring into our lives, which will help us manage our mental health better, but also help us in times of adversity. So when you are sort of going back to that low feeling again, how to be able to move through that you know for me jake years ago it was by by pushing my body hard so when i didn't feel like right i'd go and flog my body really hard just to feel some some mental balance again but it doesn't have to be that way you don't have to put stress on top of stress consistently because your body will react to that um it's being able to balance the masculine and the feminine and it's really uh interesting that you said before and i touched on that in the introduction here that you found uh, when you're in the neck brace, really, um, you know, um, emasculating. So it was actually like, it was frustrating you that you couldn't tap into your masculine energy. Is that right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. And then again, and then again with the um, <clears throat> the battle with cancer, there was after each surgery, I wasn't able able to talk for maybe a week or so at a time. Like literally, had to use a pen and paper. And mm. um, yeah, I've just my my voice is fucks down and it's um it's taken me a while but i'm slowly getting more comfortable with it like i can't raise my voice like i used to and mm. stuff like that which is yeah it, it fucking bugs me mate but um mm. you know that's just life so mate, <laughs> it's I, getting frustrated and whatever at it but you know it, it is what it is i i challenge you with something here i i really challenge you to use that for your advantage because there's no need to raise your voice. If you can keep yourself calm and balanced, people will respect that more than what they would if someone was like yelling at them. If you're a personal trainer, to be able to absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No, no, I've never, I've never, never been the type to type to talk down and yell at people. But just you know, when you need to raise it above, like yeah, fucking music. If I'm at a if I'm at a bar, for instance, these days, I can't bloody no one can hear me, mate. <laughs> That's true, that's true, yeah. It's frustrating, yeah. I'm not trying to yell at everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. It, it, it has enabled me to, yeah, I kind of have to stay calm and use my words wisely. And yeah, I, I, I think you're right. There, there, is a, there is a time and a place where you need to be animated, um, yeah, and, and, and yeah. in those situations, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, where you do need to raise your voice, um, uh, it, uh, it's, it's obviously something you can call upon, Um and yeah, it's interesting, mate. Uh, in in modern life, um, a lot of us live with a raised voice because we're in that flight and fight mode consistently. You know, we're we're constantly feeling threatened, and we're sort of we're we're, we're quite escalated in our in our uh, emotions. And um, um, you know, within guys primarily, that sort of comes across you know quite strongly. But one thing I'm really conscious of now is being able to you know balance that masculine feminine energy and. With guys, um, you know, like yourself, at the age that you're at, we don't actually really understand that feminine side to us. We actually see it as a weakness. So to be able to, uh, you know, balance that out, to be able to sort of tap into your feminine energy and sort of let yourself know that it's okay to do that, I think it's really important. Mm. Well, it's going to be there whether you let it out or not. Mm. And, um, yeah, you can either sit there bottling, bottling up like mine did with my... Um, not wanting to cry pretty much ever in my life. I think I cried once when I was bloody 
broke it up with a girlfriend when I was 21 and then <laughs> didn't again until I got cancer when I was 28. Yeah, <laughs> right. Unbelievable. In this huge time one day, you know, it's just, it's there, so. Mm, mate. Um, what, 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 what do you get out of the gym? Like, what, what does the gym give you physically and mentally? Oh, fuck the plot. (laughs) You can lose it without my bloody training. Um, but I've just always, I've always been fast. Uh, like when I was, when I was a kid, I was bloody very overweight, mate. So, Mm. um, yeah, I guess just as I, as I got into my twenties, I just kind of got interested in girls and stuff. Obviously I wanted to get fit for that and. I just, in general, didn't want to be an overweight person. And, um, yeah, it's kind of slowly developed into a bit of a passion, really. I'm not I'm not into numbers. I don't really care that much about making heaps of money, like enough money to get by and have a house would be great. But, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, just getting my, getting my body into a state where it feels strong and, it, you know, I'm proud of what I look at in the mirror. It just brings me a lot of joy. And, um, yeah, it's sort of like... A creative art form for me you know i can mm. work on you know try and get a bit leaner now or try and put some muscle on here and it's just like sculpting your body it's definitely some form of art form in itself and yeah i don't know just coming from a place where i was i looked like shit my whole life in my in my young years and mm. finally making a change it's it's been enjoyable I, I personally did it because um i had really bad knees and i needed to lose a lot of weight or my yeah i was essentially had arthritis in my knees from when i was like 15 onwards mm. and so for me it's a it's a pain reduction thing to to get that sorted and then yeah that just started the passion mate and um and i just like it and now now i've got my heart set on um doing my first ever uh, men's fitness comp in a year's time um so i'm just, just training for that and yeah just enjoying hustling and eating lots of food and trying to stack some muscle on finally so um, Mm. Way, to, way, way for me to feel masculine again i guess it's um yeah. it's empowering for me yeah it always clear my head if i'm having a shit day if i go have a full-on solid workout I'm probably not going to feel like shit afterwards anymore you know and it helps move energy on uh, and uh, and gives you the ability to be able to sort of come back to balance again tell me Mate, Jay- every every time it's like a big old flush and how many times are you training a week Oh, six, six, yep. and then cardio. Yep, yep. So you six doing sessions, yeah, so pretty regularly every day. Yeah. What's your diet look like, Jake? So how's your diet sort of um, help your uh, your athletic pursuits and and what sort of uh, supplements and so forth are you using now? Um, mate, well, I've always kind of we we chatted briefly before this. You mentioned that you're on a you're on a vegan diet yourself, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um. I, when I was like 10, I wanted to go vegetarian. When, as soon as I found out where animals came from, mm. I was probably younger than 10. I said, mom, I'm not interested in eating meat. And, um, and that night she, she bloody cooked a big roast lamb and stuck it in the middle of the table and had a really shitty siding of like peas or something. It's like, oh, there you go. You can have some peas and everyone else is going to have the lamb. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I just, you know, she came from an old school family, grew up in Nara, like they kind of think that you need meat to... Yes get a young healthy boy growing up but you know truth be told we all know now that you don't need to and um yeah over the last few years i've just kind of moved more towards a plant predominant diet um and uh yeah i'm still not vegan i still might have uh steak every every two weeks or so if i'm really feeling like feeling like it to be honest like i'm not 
I'm not doing it because I need it. I'm doing it because I enjoy the taste and stuff. But, um, yeah, hopefully one day in my life I, I can call myself a vegan. But for now, I'm not quite there. Um, but, yeah, mate, it's sticking to a predominantly plant-based diet and eating a lot, eating, you know, two, two 300 grams of potatoes every two hours. Mm. And, um, yeah, just getting the calories in, mate, as best I can. And then for my workouts, I'll use, like, a good pre-workout. I'm actually sponsored by a um, – supplement company called nexus mm -hmm. and uh yeah they're taking care of me with my pre-workout and my creatine and um post-workout shake and all that stuff so yeah i take all the regular things as well mm, mate well, i i do like I, i've sort of talked a lot about anxiety within myself and um uh you know i wrote a book about my journey i didn't sort of tap into anxiety too much but um my my website and and, and what i'm doing in the future is probably more about managing anxiety and when I was into the gym heavily I actually was really balanced and grounded because I had those those small carrots that I could work towards each uh, part of the day to keep my nutritional uptake on track so that was you know eating eating six times a day to be able to support my my body to get through the stress and strain of uh, what I was putting it through uh, athletically and uh and that that actually it actually gave me a lot of uh harmony and, and balance within myself uh mentally and uh, you know i do miss that i i sort of i fluctuate in and out of it but sometimes i'll, I'll fast so you know, last night I, I i well yesterday I had my last meal at um at lunchtime and i never ate this morning till sort of nine o'clock but um i do find when i do that sometimes it actually like resets things but uh, at the same time, I, I used to eat oats before I went to bed, you know, and then I'd, I'd get up and I'd have, I'd have a protein shake. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Well, that's it. And then I'd have a protein shake at sort of three or four in the morning. And, you know, I had this like really nice cycle going on, but uh, I'm a bit older than you, but my body was sort of saying it's time for a change. And, uh, you know, I'm just going through a bit of a change again at the moment where I've been sort of running um so for, for the last sort of, you know, five, six, seven years uh, as my base form of fitness, uh, that, that sort of came from the gym. I had a pretty high work capacity in the gym and sort of needed a bit of a break. So I went into running and, and really enjoyed that. But now my body's saying it's time for something different. So it's more like jumping on the bike and uh, doing some, some, some yoga asana and balancing that out with yin yoga and meditation. And having that, uh, that balance has been, you know, a good thing for me personally. But... I think everyone's got their own journey with regards to to physical fitness and 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 you know yep. what it does for their mental well-being and uh, pushing their body to extremes. Um, you know, is yep. great great for some people, but for others, it, it may not suit them. And it's just about sort of finding what what really yes. works well for you. Yeah, what, what works at the time, eh? Like I've certainly gone through a lot of changes with what I do in the gym. It used to be all just body weight stuff and been working on my flexibility a lot. Did that for a few years now. I've, shifted and it'll probably shift again and yeah 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 that's right and it's just being able to be intuitive of what's going on within yourself and um yeah you know I, I sort of challenged myself recently i went and did an animal flow teacher training uh and um i just found like i, I wasn't like you know i wasn't able to really find passion for it like i did years ago um like being able to move my body fluently is great but i just didn't I didn't really respond to the, 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 the discipline and the structure that was sort of uh, around it. And um, 
So it's more about being kind to myself now and actually give my body what it needs on a certain day. And, and that comes with age. And, you know, with what you're doing now, it's very much like I was. I had a set thing I had to do on certain days and I'd document it down and I'd sort of try and improve on that week by week. And, um, you know, my, my son, he's 17 at the moment, and he's going through a similar stage where he's into the bodybuilding and starting to build his, um, his body up. And um, it's about, you know what happens uh, in the cycle of, uh, of what's going on in our lives. So I believe our bodies change every seven years. Sorry, what, what was that? Last bit, sorry? Oh, I sorry, just, just cut out. Sorry, um, my, my son's going through um, a similar thing at the moment at age 17, building up his body. And uh, I just think our bodies... Yeah, well, 17's about when I got into it myself. Yeah, yeah, and I just think our bodies change every seven years. So to be able to sort of, uh, you know, sort of notice what's going on within that period of time and working with the flow of nature is, is really important. Mm-hmm. What's the um, what's that age range you reckon of most of your listeners here? Uh, it varies, mate. A lot of younger guys and a lot of older guys. You know, I had a guy 68 call me up the other day to say he'd uh, learn a lot from the podcast, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's all ages. There's young people, there's people middle-aged and people right through to older age. So there'll be people listening to this which will get a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, good things from your conversation and your journey, that's for sure. <clears throat> and what, what else do you reckon these blokes might want to hear from me? Um, mate, um, we've covered off a, a lot of bases, but I just think that, um, uh, you know, some, some key things that, uh, that you've taken away from your illness and, and some things that you're actually really grateful for in your life now, I think is probably the most important things to take away here. All right. Well, um, I guess the key things that I've kind of taken from the whole experience would be um it's like having gratitude is probably one of the big things you know like being grateful for how your life's just sailing at the moment whether it's you know seems perfect or not can probably be a lot worse and you know now i've just got the basics back and i'm bloody cheering every day for it you know i wake up and i've got things to do and i'm i'm happy you know it's you don't need all the bells and whistles that are out there in this world that we kind of I have constantly dumped in our face with social media and that and a lot of comparison and, you know, a lot of it's just unattainable and it just makes you depressed. So, yeah, just switching off switching off from all of that and just being a little bit more gra- grateful for what you do have, yeah. um, I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to follow a lot of accounts that were, you know, people who I saw were really successful in the field that I wanted to be in, stronger than me and better than me. And Yeah. I think it's quite easy to get caught up in um, uh, like a negative comparison and um, whatnot as opposed to, you know, looking up to people is great and idolising things is good, but I think it's a fine line between that and, um, yeah, just throwing too much down down your throat that you don't need. Yeah. Um, So that's a really big thing for me, just, yeah, checking out of that a little bit, I think, and... um, and, mate, I guess a lot of learning around getting through stuff that's hard and knowing that, yeah, I, for the most part, I thought my I thought my foot was going to be fucked for like a good year or so and it was, it ended up being a lot less than that. I had to get reconstructed and whatnot. And, um, but at first they were like, oh, it should, you know, it's going to be about a year before you're back on your feet at all. And it was so fucking frustrating, you know, and I lost the plot at that stage, but... You know, you just wait it out and um, 
and time heals everything, mate. Like, you just got to roll with the punches sometimes and not um, not get too caught up in worrying about it right now, you know. Sometimes you, you can't control things, and at that stage it's just best to let the emotion tied to it go, you know, because it's not serving you. Yeah. Controlling what you can and let, letting go of what you can't, you know. Really interesting. You talked about uh, upon comparison, and that's one of the traps that we fall into as humans, being able to, you know, sort of compare ourselves with others and what others are doing, and um, you know, who uh, who might have uh, you know a, a better capability than you do, and that type of thing. But really, the the key thing is to be kind to yourself and actually be grateful for every opportunity you, you've got. Every rep you're lifting, you know, every breath you're taking, all those sorts of things that can actually help you become more balanced within yourself rather than comparing. Because when you're comparing, you're outside your body, uh, you know, primarily, you're not actually like contained within yourself. Yeah, that's true. Very true, mate. It's a, it's a tricky one because we're brought up to be comp- competitive and comparative, aren't we? Like through school and, um, you know, you go into that self defense mode like you would have as a young bloke and, um, uh, you know, you, you, you had that teacher that, uh, that sort of showed you some compassion uh, in your cooking class and that sort of helped propel your life. But um, a lot of our upbringing and uh, our school journey is really um, comparative and, com- and competitive uh, against ourselves and others, I guess, which is a bit of a trap. Yeah, definitely. You know, and school didn't work for me, but I turned out all right. You know. Yeah, that's it. And you're only you're only quarter way through the journey. You know, so you've got so many uh, good things that you can you can do within your life now, and and also help um, you know transform and propel others, mate. So, Jake, I'm really grateful for our conversation. How can people get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing and uh, and maybe get some advice from you? Mate, uh, absolute pleasure. Thanks, Heath, for, for, for having me on, man. It's been it's been good. Um, absolutely. I I, um, I do use Instagram a little bit. It's probably the only social media platform anyone would want to connect with me on. And um, that's just my name, mate, which is just J- at Jake O'Brien, just O-B-R-I-N, yep. J-A-K-E, Jake O'Brien, mm-hmm. and that's it, mate. Yeah. So if anyone out there wants to reach out, say good day. Um, I've always got open messages and... Yeah, good, good to hear from other blokes and old girls as well. And, um, yeah, mate, that's where I am. Absolutely. You've got lots of inspirational uh, images and, uh, and things on what you're doing over on, on Instagram. So, yeah. yeah, I'd really encourage people, uh, if you're a young guy in particular, you want some inspiration on, uh, on bodybuilding and uh, how to be able to, uh, you know, show up to be your best self every day, you know, follow Jake on Instagram. I think it's a great, uh, a great way to be able to express yourself and, and help your, uh, your own mental health by giving you some inspiration to, uh, to inspire others, mate. So well done for that. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Guys, thanks for listening in. Jake, uh, really interesting uh, and inspirational young guy. Um, lots of uh, learning there. You know, he's, he's overcome some pretty challenging things. Cancer, you know, trauma through his childhood, you know, a major accident, um, uh, you know, that he's been able to sort of uh, manage through and be able to, you know, get to where he is now. So... There's lots of um, lots of uh, good things to take away from that conversation, and one that comes to me is you know never give up, never give into the things that may be challenging you uh, in the moment because once you become motivated enough to be able to make the positive changes in your life and get to a, an area of of life that you want to, then it can uh, transpire. And Jake's 
got a real mission to be able to get the best out of his body physically and he's certainly doing that you know so i really encourage you to check out his instagram uh just to get a bit of an idea and get a bit of a connection with him and what he does uh you know anyone that's um aspiring to to get the best out of themselves or someone that may be uh, experiencing cancer to sort of see um, you know what jake's actually done and how he's overcome that and what he did to heal i I really um, recommend if you had have a, an illness like that, talk to someone like Jake that's actually overcome it and asks uh, for some advice on what he actually did to be able to uh, to, to improve his life and, and and you know become healthier. I guess at the end of the day, um, so he's got some some pretty. Uh, good uh, advice and stories to tell there if you'd like to touch base with me really appreciate your feedback on this podcast uh best email for me is supported outbackmind.com.au the website is outbackmind.com.au and um, again just uh, check out green nutritionals uh, if you're looking for some good products to help your physical and mental health i think you'll find uh they're so profound and as i said i would not be uh, getting behind them if I didn't believe in what they were doing because it's, it's such a great product that's much needed for our physical and mental well-being to be able to keep us uh, living in the best versions of ourselves. So I really am grateful for their support too. Thank you very much, guys. Looking forward to bringing you another co- uh, couple of podcasts over the next couple of days. I think you're going to find pretty uh, awesome and inspiring as well. So thanks for uh, for listening in. Appreciate your support. Cheers.